2: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: Facebook Live, I can confirm, is now on. Oh, hello Facebook Live. Hello Facebook Live. I want to take my hood off. I look like a...
1: Scally, yeah.
3: I, I want to clean my knees. I look like a godder. <laughs> <laughs> I've been gardening all day, Phil. You look impeccable. Uh, thanks, mate. Lovely Canterbury stash. Mm, you look like mm. a um, do you know what you look like? You look like a quantity, quantity surveyor who's had a day off. Looks,
1: <laughs> uh, looks like a um, a sort of Robbie Henshaw if he got tumble dried and came out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> lovely small,
0: shrunk in the <laughs> wash, <laughs> shrunk
3: in the wash slightly. <laughs> Right, let's um, let's stop this chit chat. Get our hands in and put on three, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Hands in, put on three. One, two, three. Pod. Far oh, from unbelievable.
1: Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We are just three mates that love the game. I'm Tim. JB. Hello, Tim. And Phil. Hello, Tim. And thank you very much for listening. You're probably listening on Acast. You're probably listening on on iTunes or it could be anywhere else. doesn't really matter. Subscribe in those places and leave your messages on iTunes. Thank you very much for doing so. Uh, This week's podcast, we're going to be talking about the British and Irish Lions squad. More reaction to that. Uh, we're going to be because we had our special midweek podcast, which was only up for a very limited time. So two hours, two hours. It was only up for two hours. It got lot, quite a few listens in that time, uh, but we're uh, that was a special treat. If you heard it, if not, then we will bring you some highlights of that in a little while. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> we will. Not sure. Uh, British and Irish Lions. We're going to be talking uh, the England squad, the semi-finals in Europe as well, and Phil has prepared a quiz. Indeed, it feels like. Um, it feels we've all been back a, a full week now. I, I'm feeling acclimatized. We've had so much rugby news to talk about. I'm I'm um, I'm looking forward to a, a long stretch as we go into the Lions now. Yeah, business end of the season. Oh it, yeah, it really is
0: business end of the season now. It's just going to be big game after big game until
3: the Lions tour starts. Yeah, and then I, it's big game after big game after big game. So you've had a token moan. It's that some people do not appreciate the back end of the season, the back end of the domestic season when the rugby gets seriously good because all eyes are on the Lions. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, there's going to be a little bit taken off the Premiership final which is going to be incredible. Whoever gets there, uh, the European Cup final, by looks things, is going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. oh,
0: you couldn't ask for much better final, no. could you? For right right from the start, we have we have been championing uh, Saracens and, and Claremont as two of the best teams in the competition and
1: they have demonstrated that. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the games now, or do, or do you want to wait for that? I answer? think we should. I think we should kick off and 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 deal with the British and Irish Lions because that is. Oh, go on then. So, I mean, it's, it's it's the biggest rugby occasion in the last four years, so um, I, I think we should start with. In fact, I'm going to go with. You get it ready, JB. Uh, no, no, I I, I can't. I, I I refuse to because we've already played it. We've already played it. No, no, no. I mean, there's, there's good reason. Okay, oh, you JB, you've got to now as punishment. So Wiggles uh, left us a five-star review on iTunes, and it said (laughs) five stars purely for hashtag Peak Teo. He did it. He only went and blimmin' did it. (laughs) So let's rewind, what, a year and a half. Uh, JB called Peak Teo when he made the wider England training squad. He said, I, this no, is no, it. No,
3: no, 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 I didn't. No, I didn't. When it was the 60-man squad or nope, whatever it was. Didn't, didn't, when did you call Pete Tier? When he was at Leinster, because no one had seen him play. <laughs> I, I called Pete Tier when he won
0: the uh, NRL grand final with the Rabbitohs. That was pretty good, actually. That's a, that's that's a pretty, pretty high watermark. Do you know
3: what it demonstrates really nicely? I had this thought the other day. It's a difference between how Leinster go about doing their research and their recruitment and how Bath go about doing their research and recruitment. They splashed a load of cash on... Sam Burgess, we don't think we need to talk about that. Although I'd happily do so if you wanted to do that for an hour. And then Leicester go and do almost exactly the same thing, but no one really spoke about it so much. Yeah, there wasn't any t-shirts made. There wasn't any fanfare. Didn't go visit the embassies. Didn't do anything. Just nope. went and played rugby. Have are either of you thinking that this might be
0: uh, similar to Lancaster's plan for the World Cup, where? Burgess basically made the World Cup squad as Sonny Bill Williams' Kryptonite. But obviously Lancaster never got the chance to, to put the two of them together.
3: Um interesting. Do you think that's why Sam Burgess went as a Sonny Bill counter? I think there's a certainly an argument. Because there's another argument that
0: uh England and well England uh brought him over. I know that uh, they didn't actually pay anything to the end but they were instrumental in him actually coming over
3: um, and they needed to use him so is this like rock paper scissors, stones whatever it is right which is uh, allegedly Sam Burgess beats Sonny Bill but Sam Burgess gets beaten by Jamie Roberts and <laughs> Jamie Roberts always gets beaten by, by Sonny Bill and, well, Sonny Bill was always beaten by Martin Nunu because he was always on the bench.
1: Ah. Well, let's actually start with Jamie Roberts because th- this was one of the... I mean, w- the amount of leaks and things that were coming out in, in the build-up in the 24 hours or so, 36 hours before the Lions announcement. The the one that, that was led by a Sky Sports source and then it was followed by the Telegraph the next morning and then the BBC yeah. also reported... Jamie Roberts was going, and Jonathan Joseph wasn't. Yeah, I as I understand it now, Warren Gatland did say after the Lions selection that the selections went on, and they only they only finally decided the evening, Tuesday evening, before the Wednesday morning announcement. But as I understand it,
3: Jamie Roberts was never in contention and never considered. Well, well, I'm going to have to differ with you there. He was definitely considered at some point, but he wasn't ever in contention. so so it wasn't that he was in the squad and that's what a
1: Sky Sports source heard and then he got bumped out again. He was never in the squad. Can I just say
3: this uh, on a wider point? What is the point in these leaks? Yeah, I, know. I mean, it isn't high-level government policy. People, you know, People's lives aren't going to be changed by it. It's just like ruining a film. It's like a plot spoiler. Mm. It's actually but, quite frustrating, though. But
0: it sells papers or it gets clicks onto links. Mm. And that, that that's what it is. It shows two things one it, it highlights that the importance so it does seem more important to get clicks rather than journalistic integrity but it also highlights that the security around the team and yeah. the confidentiality around the the team was top notch because it it didn't get leaked
3: um some of it, I mean it's so hard to tell what well what got leaked and what didn't because we don't really know or you know, I, I, I'm so confused now. Which, which sources said what? Who was right about it? Who was wrong about it? Well, the, the, wh- whoever
1: the Sky Sports knew, uh, the Sky Sports source was was completely and utterly wrong. And I gather that Warren Gatlin was ex- extremely upset about it, and Jamie Roberts was, devast
3: was devastated. Well, I think that's that's the worst part, isn't it? It's like the contracts we spoke about last week, where everyone gets a contract, and then once you get picked, you sign your contract. That's the worst part, is being told by the press, you have been picked. Yeah, I mean, and I, getting your hopes up. Must be miserable. So
0: we all saw a few videos uh, of people finding out, because apparently the players all found out via Sky. Yeah. So yeah. there's a great video of Lee Halfpenny and his family.
2: Oh, is there? I've seen out. the Jack Knoll one. I think that's brilliant. Yeah,
0: Jack Knoll, the Saracens one's The Saracens lads. one great. I'm not seen that one. I can. <laughs> I'm certain that there will be a James Haskell video there's no way that James Haskell wasn't recording that. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> so true. <laughs> yes. there, will, there will be. I, I would. It, it, I would never want to watch it because it would be hot, like heartbreaking to watch. It would be. But de- there will be a James. Haskell. Oh no, but
1: he. It wouldn't have been someone filming him. He would have been filming himself with a selfie stick. And then he just deleted it straight away. Oh, just a quick Possibly. question. Possibly.
3: Did any wasps get picked? Uh, just daily. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm.
1: Ah,
3: and that's probably why it's been so quiet over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, because want... because Launchbury is the one that everyone was talking about post announcement. Where, I mean, right? Let's so let's do this more generally. We, we've, we've dealt with the leaks. We've dealt with peak Te- Teo. If you had to, if you had to take, or, or just what's your what's your general reaction to the squad? We can get into specifics in a bit, Phil. Um, pretty happy to be honest. Um, I think the team
0: that we pick, we pick thirty-seven. And there were five people from ours who didn't get in, but they were all kind of fringe players from ours. And there was 41. And there was 41. And the guys that did get in were either over and above, yeah. or they were, um, the one, they were the ones were, that narrowly missed They're kind out on of fringe ours, yeah. players. For example... Uh, pain Train. Pay, yeah, Pain Train, which I'm very happy with. Um, Courtney Laws over Launchbury is... Yeah. It's a bit of a, a 50, toss of a coin. 50,
1: yeah. yeah. And they'll they'd only be fighting out for the bench slot anyway. Well, what what I gather is uh, we're waiting on this, but Alan Wynne's injury isn't good by all accounts. Really? So oh. potentially you could end up with four English locks. Yeah. Probably, yeah. You'll have two English locks starting, one on the bench and one watching in the stand. Who do you think Seymour's going to room with? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Who 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 would you have to room with? <laughs> so there's quite a lot of unhappy Scots saying this is an outrage. We've only got two players. I haven't had any coherent I haven't seen any coherent argument that justifies why any other Scott deserves to be on the plane. There might be some that you could say are kind of 50 50 decisions, maybe marginal, but I, there's no strong, unquestionable
3: case for any other Scott being on the plane. No. Okay, so what, uh, So before the podcast, I read you some stats about Hamish Watson. I'm not going to read them all now, but Hamish Watson's stats compare very favourably to Sam Warburton. Do you oh. not think there's an argument, just from a statistical point of view, to include him? Well, you you should ask Phil on that one because I, I don't give a damn about the,
1: the, the <laughs> I, I, fake well, no, news, not, fake I news. No, I don't give a damn. You can't trust experts. You can have a point of view and find any statistic that backs up your point yeah, of view. But it's actually not wa- He Sam Warburton was great in the Six Nations. Hamish Watson great in Six Nations. Was okay. Was good in some He's... games and really poor in others. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, but he got absolutely so got schooled yeah, versus others, England. I mean, and it, he so is, Wales
3: only what finished what third bottom.
1: He he Hamish Watson got schooled against England as did many Scot Scottish players that J, And the, many Welsh the, the, the Grey, players. The Grey brothers completely butchered their chances of going in that England game. I mean, there
3: is literally not one statistic over about a 1,000 minutes of rugby, 1,100 minutes of rugby, where Sam Warburton beats Hamish Watson. I'm not calling for Hamish Watson over Sam Warburton. It's just an interesting point.
0: I, th- I think you'd get exactly the same if you compared um, Tipperick to Warburton. What do you reckon? T- Tipperick is more athletic, gets involved more times, uh, more dynamic, have more line breaks, more, more offloads, all of those things. But what about more tackles, more turnovers? Um maybe I mean that's that, quite that interesting would be, as well isn't that it that would be borderline I think between
3: those two but I would always have Warburton over Tipperick um, and you know Hamish Watson less missed tackles yeah, yeah. Uh, l- uh, although more turnovers conceded well, so yeah leave it home
1: one guy in the back row that didn't make our 37 man squad was Ross Moriarty yeah. Not even considered, really, by us. I mean, it's quite, quite a big surprise, though, the number of Welshmen in a Warren Gatlin squad. <laughs> is it? Is 12, it a surprise? 12 <laughs> Welshmen. Do you, do, does anyone, right, so this is my one issue with the squad, I think, when you look at it, is I, there's, there's How Lee Halfpenny got on that plane, I do not understand. Warren Gatlin said he was going to pick it on form. He said he was going to watch the Six Nations and make his decision. I don't understand it. Right. Jonathan Davies, Lee Halfpenny, explain to me, JB. You're a Welshman. Explain to me how, other than... don't don't
3: pin this on me (laughs) other than
1: Warren Gatlin's you know he obviously loves those players and I get that and he knows what they can do and they have been in the past exceptional and they were on the last tour but if Hmm. if you were picking if Warren Gatlin was true to his word and saying he's just picking on form how are Lee Halfpenny and Jonathan Davies on the plane well do we know anything about Lee Halfpenny's form
3: because I've not seen him play it too long I've I would only base it on the Six Nations, right? Okay, I, the answer is I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Davis, I don't watch off, Don't know. Um, on the Six Nations, Jonathan Davis is relatively solid, um, and uh, I guess it's I guess it's a case of trusting what you know. Uh, that's the only thing you can really well, say. You,
1: well, that, then come out beforehand and go. I'm going to trust what I know, and then and then also there's a spot. There's some spots yeah, but, available for
3: players that play well. But he never came out and said the contrary to that, did he? In he did, to him? he did. Well, he, he said exactly the contrary He said to it that. was
0: going to be based on form in the Six Nations and the final stages of the European Champions Yeah, Club. that's a tough one, isn't it? That's a tough one to back up. Um, Halfpenny did, in the Six Nations, he made one pass that led to a try. Oh my, he did. And that, that was probably the one of... What?
3: I mean, that's... He passed the ball. He, he passed so, the ball. Passed the ball and it went to the... Oh, interception. W- <laughs> <laughs> was it <an> interception? <laughs> uh, right, okay. Let me ask you this question. And don't... Do not just blurt out your initial thought. Think about it for maybe two seconds. Would you like to see a Lions restructured? So, say 40 players went, it had to be 10 from each, 10 from each country. Just have a think about that a second. Hmm. I'm in favour of... so It links
1: into this. And I'm sure it's something I'll touch on again when we talk about the England squad later. I'm in favour of um, players that have qualified by residency... Not going on a Lions tour. Hang on, is that yes or no to? Um... Um, well, it, well, I guess it's a kind of half. It, it's a half. It's, it's a no directly to that, but it's a it's a yes to the. It's just another way that I would structure. I'm not. I'm not against tinkering with the way that you select a squad, and in, and having extra rules just for the See, Lions. I quite
3: I quite like that because it balances out. It balances out the squad. Yeah. Um, it makes sure that each and each one of the unions is equally represented. It would be unfair on some players
1: from England this year yeah. who have an incredible amount of pool of talent and you'd get some mediocre Scottish players going. And how? Imagine watching that, you're sat at home and you're, I don't know, let's say be for wonderfully argument's your um, George Cruz, let's say, or your Maro Itoji going and you're sat there and you're watching bo- both the Grey Brothers because Scotland need to fill their quota of 10. you
3: That's just not fair. That's not yeah, right. I'm, I'm not it, sure I... I quite like it. I quite like it. So they all put their ten players forward. It's horrifically political. There'd be some. <laughs> it would be horrifically political. Yeah, there'd be absolute heartache. And also, I mean, the whole point of the Lions is it's an amateur tour in the professional era, and they're not meant to win. So why don't we make it a little bit harder again and really make it amateurish? <laughs> well, what um, a, well, well, the Lions,
0: the Lions are already hamstrung enough because they only get together. So they finish the domestic competition, the week afterwards, they're playing their first game. They're four nations thrown together at the very last minute, and they they play ten games in a five week period, and they're expected to beat the best team in it's the world. Brutal know, schedule, isn't it? It's a do you brutal know? I schedule. actually think
3: it's... this might sound mental, but I actually think some of the provincial teams might be as good, if not better, than the All Blacks. Yes,
1: <laughs> well, they've come out and said that um, Canterbury can play their full team, haven't they? If if you've watched with all the All Blacks, if you've watched Crusaders, Chiefs, or the Canes
0: this season, they Canes. Are... They, oh. they are incredible. The
1: same goes, and we'll talk about Saracens in a bit. But Saracens against New Zealand would be a good shot Would be a good match. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely <laughs> yeah, would genuinely be a really well. good game, wouldn't it? Yeah, um,
0: I'd, I'd love to see Saracens take on the Canes, just oh, just because it's such a contrasting style. Yeah, That'd yeah. be brilliant.
1: Oh, just very briefly, let's not labour on it too much. But on on my point about so, he deserves to be there on merit as a player, but um, for Ben Te'o, I would say. It's not the pinnacle of Benteo's career would would have been playing for the for New Zealand. Yeah. That he would have regarded that as the pinnacle, the highest accolade he could have received and like on an emotional
3: How do you know that? Have you asked him? Well I Australian.
1: I haven't, I haven't asked him. He's ha- he's half English, half New Zealand. I thought he was half Australian. No, he lived in Australia. I think I've got that right. Well, I mean, CJ Stander won't. It won't be. He was be, born it, in New Zealand. It it won't be as special. And I think his parentage is New Zealand, mm. but his and Samoan his grandparents. Anyway, um, uh, CJ Stander disagree won't with. feel the same wearing a Lions shirt as he would have done if he'd worn a South African you know, shirt.
3: Do you know what? I disagree. I I actually think it means more to him to represent Ireland because. Br- him, no, no, the British Lions. I'm talking about. Well, okay. He, but, he,
1: he hasn't. Gr- he hasn't grown up dreaming of wearing a uh, Lions jersey uh, he, he
3: grew up dreaming of wearing a Springbok jersey doesn't matter he might have grown up dreaming of that Springbok jersey but when they kicked him in the teeth and told him that he couldn't play he was too small no 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 I understand all this I actually reckon that when he pulled on the Ireland shirt, it meant more to him because he proved everyone wrong. Oh no, and I, the Lions. I get that will be another step up again. Yeah, I know. So I don't. I so don't that's like that so. What you're saying wrong. is wearing the Lions shirt will feel special because it's
1: a big two fingers up to all the people in South Africa that doubted him. Yeah, not exactly. Well, you, you, your point was it's uh, it's the amateur thing. There's the history. We've got over a hundred years of British and Irish Lions. You know all the all the. And history your point all...
3: is, it mean more for him to play for Springboks. I'm
1: just saying it isn't. It doesn't. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I like the amateur, I like the history, I like the tradition, I like the the amateur ethos, and so I would question, and it will never happen. So it's just, a, I'm putting it out there, but I would question whether the guys that qualified for their nation by residency, guys like Benteo, CJ Stander, whether it whether it really means as much to them as maybe it should.
3: Yeah, and I think it does, especially in Stander's case. He was told you're not big enough. You got to uh, you got to play hooker, no. and here he is. Pulling on the lion's shirt, it'll mean the world to him. Mm. So
1: it will it will
0: mean the, the world to him, and it will there is no doubt in my mind that all of those players will give everything. They'll give as much as yeah. anyone else. I mean I kind of the the question about um growing up um dreaming of pulling on a white shirt or a red shirt or a black shirt, whatever it is, Springbok jersey, Courtney Laws for example, he didn't start playing rugby until he was seventeen. Mm. He would not have grown up dreaming of playing for the Lions you, or even England.
3: You bet. I bet you, you ask any of these lads and you say, uh, maybe in a few cases they wouldn't answer this way, but I reckon most of them would say, if you asked, would you change anything? They'd probably say no. Uh, it means words for me to represent England, Ireland, Scotland, whoever it is. I'm pretty sure of that. So, yeah, I, I take your point. If you asked a five-year-old, they would want to play for their nation of birth if you ask the the adult who has earned his right to pull on that shirt it, i don't think it stacks up
1: and if you ask me uh if you ask me would i play <laughs> would i earn 22000 pounds a game um <laughs> pay me pay me now. or or, yeah. w- or would uh, for my young family or would I play for Samoa, the where my parentage, my grandparents are from, or New Zealand? If I had the chance,
3: I would pick England twenty two thousand pounds a game, and, I, and and I would look after my, my family. Yeah. I
1: completely understand.
3: I would throw my Samoan passport into a wood chipper. But exactly. <laughs> but that, that, I guess I
1: guess that, there in there it is my point that the professionalism versus the amateurism ethos of the Lions. But there, you yeah. go. Anyway,
0: I do I do like the amateur element of the Lions. I do. I, I'm all for player welfare and that kind of thing I almost do like the you've got to play ten games in a five week period the ludicrousness of it yeah. and the yeah. meat the grinder, legacy,
3: yeah the legacy of it would you add any other amateur elements to it because I've got a few which I well, just like well, you've got to arrive on a ship that's a good shout, It starts in December yes
0: so it's a Maersk sponsored tour yeah, I think so they put them in shipping containers
3: exactly no, it's got to be an old style cruise ship they've got okay. to have lots of port calls where they uh get rowdy
0: i can just I can see the the vulnerable sharing a shipping container for twenty eight days as like, they travel exactly. around the world
3: i i i have got a lot of good ideas when it comes to lines
0: <laughs> just out of interest for you two. who was your biggest surprise? Either biggest Uh, surprise in the squad or biggest surprise not in the squad.
1: um, Right. Biggest surprise. Well, had it been 37 names, then I didn't think. uh, Probably Lee Halfpenny. I just, I cannot work
3: that one out. I cannot work it out.
0: I, I would go with it with that as
3: well. I would say biggest surprise left out has to be Launchbury. Incredibly unlucky. Biggest surprise inclusion. Not to be boring. It's gotta be Moriarty. No one saw that Mo- coming. Yeah, Moriarty. Yeah, that's a good shout.
0: Moriarty and Jared Payne as well. Yeah, Jared Payne. But so
1: although take the credit, Phil, you called you've been calling for the Payne train for uh, years.
3: <laughs> Ever since he moved from I, I New am, Zealand to Ulster. I've gotta say as well, even though I didn't think he would go when I picked my team. Finn Russell does have the feel of a lion. You know, I don't know the, why. The
0: amateur era feel. Yeah. I I'm kind of
3: very upset that I won't get to see him pull on the red shirt. I that would have felt right. Not but this not this year. Bigger. Bigger missed the last tour and you know he'll probably start start the test now.
0: So the the selection of um well, Moriarty, Jared Payne, Ben Teo, Jonathan Davis, um it does kind of uh Hint a little bit at the kind of Gatlin... They're all
1: big, physical boys, aren't they? Can we formalise this? Are we calling it Warren Ball or Gatlin Ball? I I prefer Gatlin Ball, but I've heard heard Warren Ball being
3: used a lot uh, this week. Personally, I like to be formal Warren Gatlin Ball.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Either or. I don't really care. Gatlin Ball. I, I prefer Gatlin Ball, but...
3: Yeah, uh, call it what you want. I'm not interested.
0: So I, I, do, I do just wonder if the squad kind of hints that that is going to be, particularly for the the
3: test, the big games, that is going to be the the direction well, they're going to know, take. If you think about all the styles available to you and you've got five weeks to implement something, that's probably it's, the easiest one to implement, isn't it? I mean, true. you just need to be singing off the same page and you're halfway there. Yeah. Like you can't go and reinvent the wheel. You couldn't get Mike Ford in and do some complex rugby league type stuff well they've got Rob Howley as attack coach so they're, they're never yeah. going to do any complex rugby league yeah. so stuff. it'll only take five minutes to learn the scheme so yeah. you know, that's that's a massive plus uh yeah uh there you go line's done do you want to talk about England uh no not straight away we'll we'll, we'll we'll save that one one
1: thing I do want to bring to the table though is something that I saw so I was in um La Rochelle last night and, um, and after the game, we were sat around in the bar, the producers and the assistant producers, and then um, Flats and Ugo were there and Ali Eakin and stuff. All right, big shot. No, that's not what <laughs> I meant. That's not what I meant. But um, I hadn't seen this video. And we were talking about, because um, in the context of the Lions, we were talking about the motivational speeches. You Because know, everyone you know thinks about those Jim Telf, uh, mm, yeah. Ian McGeekin and stuff. And then someone said, oh, have you seen this particular video if you want to talk motivational speeches have you seen this and I hadn't seen it before it's the first time I've seen it it's about two weeks old this video and I checked with you two and I, you haven't heard this but uh, who is it Um it's a football team okay in a in a cup final the the trophy cup final Billericay town now some people will have heard this video but if you haven't, it, this is this is how football do motivational speeches. So the fella is called Alan Turvey, uh, and he's the boss at Billericay Town. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Who won their game. So this is them. There may be some strong language in this. So I apologise, but here we go. So he, he insists that they all do one particular thing before a game. And, you know, w- let me just set the scene, actually. So we know that Saracens, after their European semi uh, European Cup semi final win would have done the, the song in the change room. the Tonga, Dicky Dicky Donga! It's the worst <laughs> song <I> <laughs> ever. Masa Masa Waya, etc. Well, this is the song that Billericay Town did. I fucking knew it. We're gonna sit we're gonna sing the song, I'll put some words in the middle, we're gonna sing that song properly, then I'm gonna do the thing where you shout greaties, because that worked on the Saturday before. Right? So, you suck in deep now, you get in this fucking circle, and you sing this for your fucking lives. Come on boys. Yeah, boys, come on, boys. So, they're getting up to sing a song. Boys, come on, sing it for your lives, boys. Get in it. Sing it for on, your, sing your lives. Down. This is going to be passion, right? This is going to be it's anger, passion.
3: No, it's a wind up.
1: R. Kelly's the greatest. This is not a wind up, This that's is what, a wind up. That's what I no, thought, JB. That's what I thought, JB, but it's <laughs> not. And he's going, shut your eyes, listen. Oh, God. <laughs> what? They're singing R. Kelly's the Greatest. <laughs> and they're meaning it.
3: What are they doing? Do they know they've been filmed? No, I'm not having it,
1: Tim. No way. What's amazing is you'll hear in a minute the coach go, shut your eyes, shut your eyes, seriously, shut your eyes, boys.
3: No. Shut
0: your eyes! Shut your eyes, the key change is coming.
1: And then he reads a poem later on and makes them shout, I'm the greatest! When others are doubting, what are we? The greatest! I will always honour, respect and protect my brothers in this room today in Orange I have trained my mind I trained last night as I'm going to play today Today my body will follow I acknowledge that my opponent does not expect For me to iron him out today in this battle But he doesn't realise I will never surrender Who
2: are we? The greatest! Uh, so, greatest. wait,
1: just let me... That is before a game. That's before, before. a game. Before a game. They right. sang R. Kelly's the greatest. Have I ever told you my R. Kelly story? It's not... just, just one, one. That is not a piss take because that was exactly my reaction, J.B. I went, no, they were having a wind-up. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not buying that either. No. It's, it's not a wind-up, I promise. Go no, and look at it. it. It's not a wind-up.
3: But also, what isn't a wind-up is this. Yeah, go on. R. Kelly story. I went to watch the Lions <laughs> in South Africa uh, the last time they were, they were over there. Whatever year that was. 2009. Yeah, and we were stuck in a... Um, Casino. We had nowhere really to go. Some of the lads had gone to Pretoria to see the second test, and we were buying beer off the Miller Lite girls, who were quite attractive. So, um yeah, they, as they were selling crates to us, they were selling us scratch cards too. And after we bought the beer, one of the girls said to me, "Do you want your scratch card?" I went, "Nah, I'm fine. I, what's going to possibly come uh, come good, good good with this scratch card?" Well, as it happened, she scratched it for me, came back to find me, and said, "Oh." You've won two tickets to uh, go to the R. Kelly After Party. So <laughs> I had, I couldn't get back after to the, the to, party. The yeah. is the hotel lobby. So I couldn't get back to the hotel in time. But luckily, I remember what I was wearing, which was my um, having on a flip flops. I was wearing the old school cotton rugby shorts from Colwyn Bay. Nice. And to top you, it off, you like short shorts as well. Your I rugby do. Like, shorts. I'm really into short shorts. And I was wearing my pink Stade Francais top. Nice. Good, yeah. Good look. So it was me. And um, this other guy, who's a hardcore, hardcore Christian, Mike, uh, uh, Mike Rainey, also a solicitor, the you know most straight down the line guy you can ever meet, and we rocked up to this R Kelly party, and everyone, unsurprisingly, we we were in uh, South Africa, everyone was achingly cool in like leather jackets. He comes out, and of the, like the hundred people in there, he actually stopped and had to have a second look at me and Mike <laughs> in our rugby tops <laughs> and our little, a little cycling um, rugby shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, to the R. after party yeah, after Nice
0: After the club, it's the
1: after party, party. Exactly And then after the party, hotel it's lobby. the hotel lobby And and right about six, we've got to clear the lobby So we go up That's to my a, room and
3: somebody Exactly that, right
1: that, that somebody <laughs> was you that night Yeah, I, I've never felt <laughs> so
3: out of place Never <laughs> Well, I'll
1: tell you, you're a big lover of short shorts Yes uh, this, is, this is a wonderful little segue into uh, the semi-finals in Europe Jackson Ray and Maro Toji a challenging sonny bill williams they went for Ooh, yeah. extra tight shorts for their semi-final
3: so yes. they're,
0: they're medium boys i think those shorts yeah they? they were
3: they look good though yeah they look great very it's, good. it's a very rugby league thing isn't it to wear short shorts It is. The
1: more of it, the better. I like it. They work hard on those quads. Let let, let us see them. And don't do a Gloucester
0: backline and wear short shorts, but extra long cycling shorts. Yeah,
3: Trinder's on this bus now,
0: isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Trinder's always been on this bus. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Not on really. Not not on at all. Uh,
1: So, everybody, all of us thought that it would be a tight game. I think most people did.
3: I said twelve points yeah you did oh you did you did you say did. Saracens
1: were going to win comfortably
3: not comfortably but 12 points
1: me and Phil had a funny feeling for Munster they were smashed it wasn't just a win for Saracens they battered Munster I mean Munster.
3: it could have been worse couldn't it because Saracens wasted three tries I think the yeah. very odd exchanges Munster looked the better team like uh, scrimmage wise first say 15 they looked okay they were very abrasive they came out very very strong uh but I just think I just think Saracens so much more clinical, and later on as well. I thought, uh, uh, what's his, Cock? What's his first name? Vincent. Vincent, Vincent Cock was Cock brilliant. a man of the match. Yeah. And imagine how he's, he's one
1: of those guys that'd be really good looking if he wasn't a prop. It's just, <laughs> his face is mangled now. <laughs> mm,
3: yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, Sar- Saracens are devastating. Obviously. They are incredible. I mean, they just seem to know what to do, when to do it, and in those big games too. I mean, they're not afraid of going anywhere.
1: That that Richard Wigglesworth butchering that that try early on, that would have been an unbelievable try had he caught that. Oh, it was yeah. Inc- amazing hands. I'm
3: sure he's going to go down as one of the best players never to get serious international recognition. I think he's brilliant. Well, well he's, we could talk about
1: another one that didn't get a lot of recognition and w- has been brilliant, but um he played for Claremont Well, a couple the of them. Yeah, ben f- Bender ben, ben and Strettle
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, but he's just such a, hes just the thinking man, scrum half. He controls everything. Uh, you know, without him, I do think Saracens are nearly as good. Oh, if
1: they're not, if one scrum half goes down in the Lions squad, I'd have Wigglesworth it's called up next. I'm not bothered with Laidlaw.
3: No. Yeah, in yeah. fact, Gloucester look better without Laidlaw now. <laughs> I'm going to say I, I think Hines is doing Hines, a, Hines much, is a better, good. much better. He job. worked his nuts Hines off. Hines
0: is a very good player.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, should we delve, delve a little deeper into the um, Saracens munster game then? So when when we saw this the
0: scenes and the state of the stadium pre-game, I thought my prediction was going to come true. Mm. I said it'd be well. The the first prediction did come true, and it was a sea of red, and it was not helped by the fact that um, Saracens had brought their own flags, and they brought red flags, <laughs> which, <laughs> which which seemed. Odd, an yeah, odd decision. It did seem an odd decision, but it just it didn't matter. Mm. Um, Munster did come out of the blocks very well, like you say, uh, and they they looked good in that first half. But the Saracens, the the black wall of defence was
3: it's so impressive, isn't it?
0: Impenetrable, and mm. until the seventy eighth or seventy ninth minute, when they were three scores up, uh, and CJ Stander finally bulldozed over. Um, yeah, it was. It was incredibly, incredibly impressive defence. And the, the control of Wigglesworth and Owen Farrell um,
3: was exceptional. Yeah, now, not to sound too Tim like here, and I know it's going to come across very timish, but what I liked most about this game is actually just the, 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 the spirit and the style of these two clubs. You couldn't get. C- culture. Yeah, well, I mean, Saracen's culture. Not the Stuart Lancaster type where you've got a phony murmur every every five minutes. <laughs> but the actual culture of Saracens where, you know, they're all obviously good lads, they all enjoy um, in, enjoy enjoy each, each other's company, but it's got balance. It feels like a proper rugby club. They oh, go yeah. out, you know, they go uh, they go out drinking and then they work hard and then they play hard. It's just it is an amazing club, and on the other side is um, is Munster, and I don't think after this weekend enough good things could be said about the the Irish provinces. I think last year there's thirty thousand odd people went to semi-finals. This year is ninety odd thousand, just because of the inclusion of of, um, of the Irish. Yeah. Uh, so just from that perspective alone, an incredible occasion. Um, what another just observation I'd make as well. Uh, I kind of have alluded to this in in the past. Uh, Sean Maitland if he was good at rugby would be one of the world's great players (laughs) if he was interested in rugby if he was interested if he he just tried you know (laughs) I don't know what he looks like he just doesn't understand the game twice yesterday he cuts inside he doesn't back himself on the outside I could go on about Sean Maitland for a long time I
1: I know I, I call it that. Munster completely uh, choked yesterday. They they were yeah. You're right. They came out the blocks. Uh, scrum was brilliant. Ten minutes, loads of pressure. Defence. Well, every time they had the ball, they their kicking was awful. Which is one of, again. That's one of the areas they missed. Colin Murray. But yeah, Blay and just had a bit of a shocker. In fact, this weekend you could probably categorise down to fly halves pretty much. There was there was fly halves that had really good days and fly halves that had absolute shockers. In 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 all of the games and um, yeah, Munster had nothing. They had nothing going forward. They had one out. They popped one out ball and ran up. So easy. They made it so easy to defend. And I think had Saracens taken some of those chances, like Wigglesworth for example, and there was an Ashton one as well. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah Ashton Good with the overlap. Dropped. They could have been Saracens could and probably should have been twenty twenty more or more points clear. Yeah, with half the game to go, and I think had that happened, it could have been a bit of a cricket score because Munster would have played into Saracen's hand trying I, to attack from deep.
3: I don't think I like the term bottled it, though. I, I don't think they bottled anything. I just think they were soundly beaten by a, a better team. I don't think there's right. anything Munster could have done to well, beat well, that Bottled team. it
1: in the sense of, why did they suddenly just... Why were they just popping one out and running in? to, but, to uh,
0: how, how much of that is a function of the Saracens' oppressive, crushing yeah. defence? Yeah, right. The, the like line speed and the communication that, and the
3: organisation to prevent... Any gaps. And also, the one at rugby, I mean, it definitely was a factor, but it did feature far heavily deep into Saracens' territory, which is actually what you want to be doing anyway. So I I don't like the idea that they bottled it. Uh, I'd I'd like to give more credit to Saracens, who I just think are absolute terminators. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Incredible. I I think you are right there. I I think Munster were put under such pressure by that suffocating defence from Saracens.
3: I think an early score would have... I think an early score to well, let uh, Munster's early pressure would have made it a much more yeah. interesting game. So because it's, it's
0: so, it, it is infuriating, and frustrating, and um, kind of restrictive when you have that possession and you just can't find your way to the line.
3: Yeah, I, I, you know, I suppose if you're talking terms bottling it, that would be the key one, wouldn't it? And also, you know, the Munster lineup wasn't as imperious as it's been, been in the past.
0: Well, so Peter O'Mahony had a couple of two or three brilliant steals on that Saracens line-out. And when Peter Romani went off, um, it was, admittedly, the damage was already done by then. He is a big, big loss. Yeah.
3: Do you think he'll be a Lions starter in the tests? <laughs> I,
1: I looked at I looked at him in the line-out and thought, yeah, he's really good. I looked at him around the park against Saracens and went, oh, God, I'm not so sure about him now.
3: Uh, as a starter. I just but, love how angry he is continually. He, it does feel like he's hardly played because
0: his first game back was the Island... England game, I think I'm right in mm. saying that. So he's not had a huge um, amount of game time under
1: his belt.
3: So if you didn't start Peter Morney, would you start Jackson lines? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we'll go, um, his well, name his name might come up in a in a yeah. discussion about England in a little bit.
0: He's on he's on one of my lists. He's on my spreadsheet somewhere. Yeah.
1: Um, so moving over to the other semi final, it's going to be Sa- in Edinburgh. It's going to be Saracens versus Clermont. And yeah, another another fly half that had a had a pretty special day. Uh oh, in Farrell, we don't we, we just don't need to throw any more superlatives at him. Well, the guy was know, the guy was just incredible. He but. was
3: incredible, but do you know what uncharacteristically he did? There was a lot of times where he, he put himself too flat and Saracen's put a lot of ball on the floor, uh, particularly in the first half. I thought that was that was very weird. He was good with the boots, but even some of his out hand kicking wasn't spectacular. Um so yeah, he was he was alright, but mm. i kind of I'm a little bit tempered on that one. Camille
1: Lopez, he was tip top. Drop goals, long range kicks, yeah. kicking it into the corner, he he uh he was the he was come of the hour come of the man for Camilo Lopez.
0: Yeah. And that first half, I, I I do feel that well, it clearly was a tale of two halves in the game. First half Camilo Lopez was exceptional. Second half after being anonymous in the first half, Sexton did play very, very well. Mm. Sh- in that second half,
3: he showed his real class. But isn't that kind of the thing about playing French teams? Is the first twenty <laughs> minutes it's going to be an absolute onslaught? And, and Clermont it was, aren't the typical French team, but you know that, they
0: still kick out up the blocks pretty strong. That first twenty minutes of Clermont was like nothing I've ever seen. Mm. They were just. So dope. every run was so, making yards, offloading. Their decision making, their kicking was perfect. Yato, the Fijian number six seven, quite a same thing isn't he? He he was incredible. Strettle was incredible. Ah, oh, they were magnificent. Yeah,
3: uh, the if, last if, time I saw a team playing like Claremont, it was Claremont and probably <laughs> against Exeter um, in the you know, in in the group stages. And prior to that, I mean. Uh, when they've beaten Saracens, they've looked very, very good. I mean, they're just, the, they're scary. The problem I think Claremont have is
0: when they play like that, that first 20, 25 minutes, they were unplayable. They yeah. were so dominant. But there is no possible way that you can keep up that pace for, for yes. anywhere near 80, for not minutes. You can't do it even but, close. Well, do you think this is their finals problem? It, it might well be, and it might be, so it's, When you look at Saracens, so the way they finished that game was magnificent. And you you say, are they just fitter to a man than other teams? Or is it a combination of marginally better fitness and also incredible organisation and decision making that means they don't have to work as hard? And I think it's a combination. Yeah, efficiency. Like like, like,
1: uh, KPMG style efficiency. Exactly.
3: Do you know, like, if we're all, if all three of us were really, really fit okay like equally as fit because we did the same uh, pre-season or whatever but we did it in separate camps i honestly think it's the guy who believes he's fittest that is fitter and i think that's what saracens do i think they just believe that believe that they're fitter
1: i th- i think if if you and i jb because we played uh, we've played a lot of rugby in similar positions mm. Wing. If, if if we were, if we were equal aerobic fitness i think as this said really i think i would look uh, um, well, no. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, I, I think you are. In, of, of, what you were, and there's, sorry, maybe let's take it away from me and you. Um, you're really physically. You were physically destructive, like a ball carrier. I was kind of more a bit more of thinking, would try and pop up at the right place at the right time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's what Saracens do. They just have really intelligent players. Yeah, I, I can't so basically, be- what I'm saying is. I'm, I'm, I right? could have been a Saracen. Yeah. <laughs> I could have played for Claremont. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's what we're saying. That's oh, yeah, what
0: yeah. I got to. Good. That Agreed. Is, it's exactly what I'm taking out of this conversation. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, going back to the belief thing, I, I think that's kind of where Claire I mean, I'm not going to go into the Claremont m- mentally weak stuff because we know they're mentally weak because of the amount of um,
0: finals, that they've, finals that they've lost
3: and semis that they've lost and all the rest of it. But taking that into a game situation, uh, there was a... Time today in the Leinster game where I you know actually put money on it. I thought that Leinster would stem the tide and now they're gonna come back strong and win. And they nearly, and they nearly did. Well, the, the turning
0: point was the Levy tie uh, sorry, Levy try, Levy um pull back on rougerie or yeah. holding on to rougerie. If that's a try, then um Leinster, Leinster go into the lead. lead. As it was they conceded three points from a penalty. Yeah. That was my. It's a 10 point swing. Equally,
1: then, think about that efficiency and conserving energy and using it in the right place at the right time, as Saracens do. What would Saracens have done if they were two points down, as Leinster were at one point? Yeah. And then collected a restart with 10 minutes to go in the game uh, or nine minutes to go. And were in their own 22. What would Saracens do? We've got different views on this. What would Saracens do? Uh,
0: Sar- Saracens would have kicked it. They would we'll have taken take, take
1: territory, yep. trying to put pressure on the opponents to either win a penalty by good defence to try and get the three points or to get a turnover and then attack from closer. What did Leinster do? Tried to play it two points behind, so, nine minutes, play it out their own 22. I was calling it. I was shouting yeah. at the I was you saying, were? You what were? are they doing playing in their own 22? They're going to give away a penalty, three points.
3: It's what happened. But and that's where the game was. But where I think what Leinster did was acceptable. You know, when you are Saracens, you are built for, first and foremost to defend and play, and play that strategy. When you look at the game today, as it developed, the most success Leinster had was deep in, deep into, not deep into their own territory, but in their own territory, very, uh, busting be- uh, the line and going forward. So in that respect, I've got sympathy for them wanting to keep the ball in hand. And also Claremont were tiring and it is tiring when you go through, you know, 12, 13 phases. So I, I didn't have a massive problem with it, but you are right. Saracens would, um, uh, would have kicked it. And that's why they're going to potentially be champions. Mm. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm with you, Tim. i I'm, it was a bit frustrating. You just think, don't play Ruby in your own 22 in that situation. It's the risk-reward thing as well. But
3: Leinster are significantly better equipped to play that type of game even than Saracens are. I mean, if you look at their personnel, I mean, they, they, they could do that.
1: I'm not so sure you look at their back three and go, oh yeah, they're, they're the guys that are going to... Yeah,
3: but it's not Brad Barrett and Marcelo Bosch. Do you, do you see what I mean? <laughs> you know, they are... Well, I mean, you know, Ringroans scored from exactly that situation. And that was a hell of a oh, try. Oh, wow, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's,
1: let's mention that. We, we mentioned Jonathan Davies being on form, not lucky to get on the plane. A lot of people who would have been calling for Gary Ringrose will feel vindicated by that. Yeah. Maybe a bit more annoyed at his lack of inclusion.
0: You do possibly wonder, because I, I was thinking, last weekend Ben Young scored a brilliant try. Yep, And you do wonder... Did that if the decision was only made on late on Tuesday night? Did that factor into think and they're thinking? Unless scrubbing off Kieran Marmion from from, yeah. the, uh, from the plane <laughs> and Ben Spencer, no <laughs> yeah. strike through. Um, so I do wonder if Gatland had his chance this week. Would that try have been enough to get him in? Arguably, it would have been. It was
1: incredible. Mm, uh, it was very impressive.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: it was. Uh, right, we can uh, talk about the. Challenge Cup semi-finals in yes, a little bit. Yes, let's do that. In a, li- in a uh, little okay. bit, Phil's prepared a quiz though. But before that, I'm just going to remind you that um, it's that time of year when you start. People start thinking that the sun started to come out a little bit this this last few weeks. People start thinking about shave your face. People start if thinking it. about you know making themselves look a bit respectable. Those those winter <laughs> days when you just go into hibernation and don't look after yourself uh, they're, they're almost done so get yourself sorted with the best razor on the market it's a cornerstone razor there was a whole bbc documentary which basically championed cornerstone razors and that's several years after we've been loving them so they are the best on the market number one in the gq awards beating gillette and wilkinson sword and the is you can hear us talking about it and say we how much we love it give it a go for less than a cost of a pint in your average pub these days for four pounds you could get your own engraved aluminium shaft with your own initials on it and your first order of six razors and you can try it for yourself four quid if you go to cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chases cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chases or egg 10 at checkout right Uh, Phil you got a quiz pens and papers ready or phones Uh, ready or whatever you're going
0: to write it down on yeah snapchat ready so eight questions general rugby knowledge question number one hang on okay it's not
3: Be stupid, and stuff like what weighs more like uh, Samarni <laughs> or a crate of bricks, so something <laughs> like that, something which I would never know. The one I did,
0: I seem to remember doing. Um, Dave Atwood described Sam Burgess's worth his weight in gold, <laughs> 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 but, but which is worth more, Sam Burgess's three year contract or Sam Burgess's 114 kg in gold.
3: What was it? What was the answer? I can't remember. I can't Gotta remember. be the gold, right? I can't remember, especially in today's markets. Anyway, uh, go on. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so question number one. Yeah. Billy and Mako are the third set of English brothers to tour with the Lions in the past twenty-four years. Hmm. Can you name the other two pairs? So, other pairs. There's two other pairs of English brothers who've toured with the Lions
1: at the same time. Okay.
3: Okay. Okay. Um, by the way just as
1: you're having to think I'll just um, um, just a, a mention on the Facebook feed someone was um, going what's with the mermaid pose JB mermaid pose <laughs> because, uh... <It's> just... <laughs> <laughs> fine
3: because people go mental about the feet so uh... I, thought, I
1: thought it was because you're wearing very short shorts and boxer shorts as well and maybe you're worried about the boys coming out of the barracks no no
3: um
0: <laughs> I've just seen the way you were sitting from the angle of the Facebook live. <laughs> you
3: know, people are mental about feet for some reason. So, Oh, you're keeping your feet off screen. Yeah. But no, yeah. You, you've got feet, you, if you you put, feet... If you put your
0: footrest down, you might be uh, a bit better.
3: No, it's my it's my dungeon. I'll sit how I want. <laughs> next okay, question. Okay,
0: yeah. next question. Joe saga Yes. I have probably pronouncing that incorrectly.
1: Fiji and Joe. A man, a, man who, a man who I've tipped you off about quite
3: a while ago, yeah? yeah? No, you didn't. F- Fiji Joe, yeah? No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Ages ago. <laughs> We've got a London Irish fan that texted us about him age, ages ago. No, before that. Before F- the London, Phil London remembers. Irish blogger. Phil remembers. You tipped us off about Fiji Joe before the London Irish blogger? Yes. Amazing.
0: Tim, don't forget, Tim had a mall in the London Irish camp for a very long time. That is I true. did. I did. Um, so, as Eddie Jones said, he's big and he's fast. That's all he needs to know. Um, (laughs) did did you see that yeah it was almost like
1: Eddie Jones was asked about all the players and he went through it It was almost like he didn't want to offer any analytical insight he was almost like I've been away for a bit everyone's been talking about Gatland I want you to talk about me I'm going to do some one liners yeah because Harry Williams uh, big guy needs a haircut was what he said about Harry Williams he said uh,
0: about the Curry boys they're competitive compete about everything rugby gym girlfriends girlfriends
1: yeah haircuts yeah.
0: anyway uh, Fiji and Joe uh, has been selected for England's summer tour to Argentina who was the last championship player to play for England the last championship player to play for England so the last player who was in the championship at the time who played for England ok ok, okay. question 3 which Waikato Chiefs winger has signed for Leinster next season
3: no idea don't even know the cat achieve swingers so that's the end of that one or do I (laughs) I can
0: tell you he's got a few good tries this season
3: yeah
0: okay question four which team did Wales and Lions legend Shane Williams play for um, and win Ah. national bowl with last
3: weekend okay I know that one I I know it as well I can't remember it's a stupid name as well. <laughs> no. Nope. He got done a couple of times by a big chunky s-
1: by a big chunky lad from uh, the opposition. I've seen that he scored a hell of a try yeah. from about 50 yards out. He did.
3: Oh, god damn it. This is not Next happen. question then quick before we can next, think of it. <laughs> next
0: question. Quick games a good game. Who plays at Ellis Park? Okay? Okay. Question six. Which three new coaches are teaming up with the Ireland squad for their summer tour to the USA and Japan? Good God, I have no idea.
1: Good question, I don't know that. Next.
0: If we if neither of us know it, let's just uh Do we have a guess?
1: Have a guess, okay.
0: So three yeah, three new coaches. As in they're, they're new to the new Irish to, new setup. New to the Irish setup, yeah. They have coached before and or are coaching elsewhere. But they're new to the Irish setup. Okay. Okay. Which club? So, question seven, two, two to go. Which club did Bath sign Peter Stringer from in 2013, I think it was?
3: Yep. Straightforward. <laughs> okay. Have you got that one? Yeah. I the, think I've seven. got that one.
0: And question number eight. Who preceded Johnny Sexton as first choice fly half at Leinster? Oh my God, that's so long ago! <laughs> it it really is. Oh wow! I've got
3: a name. I've got the wrong name. Um, <laughs> oh, God, damn it! Oh oh no 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 no! No, this is too old. This is far too old, my uh, my guy. Oh, okay. Don't know. Okay, let's go question,
0: on. Question number one. Yeah. English brothers. Youngs and Underwoods. Youngs and Underwoods. Correct. So, two points each.
1: Next one. I've the next Worcester, one. Worcester player. Fijian and Joe. Oh, Fij-
0: yeah. The who was the last person who played for Chris Pennell? Chris Pennell is correct. Written down. Yeah. Very good. Five three from three. He Come got. On. He got his single minute. In an England shirt against New Zealand in 2014, uh, a few weeks after Worcester had been
1: relegated. Uh, I I remembered the answer to this question, but didn't let on that I did because I didn't want JB to start thinking (laughs) too hard about it. I wanted him to think I didn't know either. What
3: was the what was question again? Waikato winger
1: Winger, Leinster. Do you know JB? No idea. Uh, James Lowe
0: is correct. Never got that. Yeah. Tim takes a lead. Takes the lead. Four three. Uh Shane Williams which team does he play for JB? No idea. A, ma- a man.
3: A man. Yeah.
0: Oh. Is correct. Yeah, 5-3 Uh He's going down. He's going down hard. Ellis Park. Lions. Sorry, Ellis Park is uh, Auckland Blues? Blues, yep oh, No. Was... Is Eden Park. It is the Lions. <laughs> Ellis Park is Johannesburg oh. Lions. Oh no. So neither of you got it correct.
1: Ellis Park's not in New Zealand. No. No. Oh, oh, Joburg. God. Oh, rubbish. Uh, right, um, so it, well, can we just have three guesses at this without losing points?
0: Uh, so I won't take any points off you, but it's you can only give... Yeah, no negative marks, but you can only give me three answers.
2: I
1: can't even think of three names. I just said Leo Cullen. I don't know whether there was one. I don't know if they so put I've him in. gone with Lancaster, Cullen and Flannery. Is all incorrect. Oh, oh I won't bother. I just said Leo Cullen. So, Let's kiss. I don't know. <laughs>
0: no, so it's Ronan O'Gara... Oh, Oh. yeah. Felix Jones. Wow. And Gervin Dempsey.
3: What's Gervin Dempsey been doing with himself? Uh, Presumably coaching. Coaching. (laughs) I couldn't couldn't tell you. He's had a serious crack habit, but we're just bringing him in.
0: (laughs) 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 All right. Okay. Seven. The question that JB was definitely going to get right. Which club did Bath sign Peter Stringer from? Have I got this right? Oh, I think you're right. I have
1: said Saracens. That he's was that was earlier in his career, wasn't it? Loan to Saracens. Saracens is incorrect. Damn it. Newcastle's right. Newcastle is incorrect. Oh, oh what? Be because on loan. he was on loan
0: to both of them. He was still at Munster. Oh, he was still officially at Munster. Oh, Sorry, a bit of a cheap shot. Oh, yeah, right. massively cheap. Well done, mate. I <laughs> <laughs> hope you proud of yourself. Um, which, which means that
3: Tim is the winner with one question to go. Right. The only Leinster fly off I can remember prior to sexton was nathan spooner but it's not him because that was far too early
1: (laughs) i I was trying to think of irish fly halves as well but then david Humphreys was ulster yeah i can't think of anyone and uh, oh oh, no do you know what i'm gonna go for eric elwood oh no he was Connacht. Connacht.
3: i don't know pass i can't think of a single hang on let me just there must be (sighs) so rona gore was so entrenched in that position wasn't he for years at munster no yeah sorry it For Ireland, you can't just think about Ireland teams and go, oh, that's a guy from Leinster.
0: Uh, yeah, for, before Johnny Sexton, I can't even tell you who Ronan O'Gara's back-up most of the time no. was.
3: No, so that's the difficulty, and let alone, I just remember Nathan Spooner scoring a try against Newport uh, against the old Newport team in the Heineken Cup. Pass. You both passing? Yeah. No, I'm going with Nathan Spooner. Nathan Spooner is incorrect. Oh, what a shock. Felipe Contopomi.
2: Oh, of damn course. it!
0: <laughs> you were thinking of Irishman. Should have looked a bit further afield. Oh, good so, one. So, Tim wins.
1: Yeah, of course. 5-3. Um, well, let's and we'll check this out for a segue. Uh, an Argentinian player. Indeed. Argentina, the location that England are going to be sending a bunch of schoolboys to <laughs> we, go and play international rugby.
0: It's a weird mix, isn't it? Because there are a few very experienced players. like do like, like Ford, like Care, like Mike Brown, like Harley, Haskell, Rob Shaw. And then there are, well, Lawnsbury as well. And then there are just
1: kids. And there's 15 uncapped players. See, that's unheard of. Now, Eddie Jones said... And I quote, this is the strongest possible squad I could select. Rubbish. Uh. No way on earth.
3: All right. Explain yourself, Timothy. Um, There's
1: some amazing players left out. He should just be honest and say, I've got a mixture of experience and future potential stars that I want to have a look at. So I don't need to see um, Tommy Taylor. I know what he's about. Although he's taken Hartley, and it must just be Luke Cowendick is yeah, yeah. above the pecking order with uh, Tommy Taylor. But there's there's a lot of, say, back row, for example, the Curry Boys, and then you've left Don Armand, Dave viewers Brendan, uh, wow. Brendan O'Connor. Brendan I O'Connor. Jackson Ray. I mean, Mark, the, I'm Mark sorry, the, the Curry yeah, Boys. you're right. Five years, the Curry Boys might be great, but they're not England internationals. We've got some or, good
3: steals. We've got some good steals. Yeah, uh, they're, uh, okay. Steals they're crazy minutes, are good.
1: Yeah, they're good players,
0: but there are, if if you look at the best players, team right Do now you know yeah.
3: what? i've got to, i've got to say you're right um look, don armand jackson ray there's some solid performers but who've, who've and oh, just sorry. and and again uh, now
1: think how hard jackson rays worked this season think how hard don armand has worked since he's been back from injury completely agree and they've played so well and they're playing that hard and they want to pull on you know, Don Armand grew up as a, <laughs> <laughs> as a kid dreaming of wearing the rose uh, when he was in Zimbabwe. Um, <laughs> um, but no, Jackson Ray played age group level. He's been working his nuts off. He's in an incredible Saracens team, and f- I can understand what Eddie Jones is doing. But I th- it would it would insult me if I was Jackson Ray for Eddie Jones to say this is the possible strongest squad I could select.
0: Yeah, yeah. and there, I, there's there's others as well. If you look at the wings, having Nathan Ill yeah. Solomona and Joe and Asana um, Yard Rocco Ashton James Short and Woodburn Christian Wade all overlooked
3: yeah I wonder if Christian Wade is going to go the same way as um, what do you call it Str- Ale- Ale- Alex Good Strettle yeah um, all those sort of lads like kind of should have been good enough but there you go it's just not going to happen for, for him
0: Th- the, the second choice nine You've got Danny Kerr in there, fine. And then Jack Maunder, who's 19, 20 years old, who's a good player, but that means you're overlooking Ben Spencer,
1: Dalton, Joe Simpson, Will Chudley. It also feels like um, Eddie, in some sort of Jurassic Park kind of move, Eddie Jones is messing with uh, evolution in some way. It's, it's like interesting so there's
3: there's the under 20s I mean, world this, i mean this isn't the british, the british <laughs> cycling team that we're talking about no, no, definitely not <laughs> so they,
1: they, there's but there's the under 20s <laughs> world championship which is as it has been for years look at mario a few years ago imperious the best player on the park in that and that's part of his progression um through to the national team so it sort of feels like eddie jones is, is tinkering with that process Unnecessarily, because I I would say that at the age they're at, a lot of these guys, Jack Maunder, the Curry Boys, they, they'll be training camps when you can pull these guys in to include them in training. But I reckon they might have got a lot more out of playing a full tournament for England under twenties at this age than they will by going and and playing the week games against some Argentinian students. And do they have
3: midweek games? I think they're just going to go straight for. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was, thought was a, a two. Two test tour, and yeah. that was it? So they're not
1: well, they want, well, unless he is going to play them in the tests and not worry
3: about whether they I win mean, or not. What I don't get, I mean, you're on one end of the scale; I'm on the other end. Which is, does Nathan Hughes? I mean, does James Haskell really need to be working all summer? I mean, I I, I know if you asked him, do you want to pull on the England shirt? He'd probably say yes.
0: Oh, he'd definitely say yes.
3: Uh, yeah, because you know that's how the condition But would it not be better for him to all have a holiday? They've, you know, the senior lads have been working so hard. But if you're going to bring the kids through,
0: and if you're going to develop them, you need some of those older heads and the experience. There's no point in just developing an under 20 team in isolation. Do you
3: remember last Lions tour, uh, Rob Shaw was captain of England, didn't make it. And that's what he did to him, they didn't take him on England tour either, they gave him the... Yeah, they rested him. They gave him a holiday. And I kind of think that would be the right way forward. Po- possibly for some of the players. But you-
1: or make it, so you're basically saying you could have made this tour like an A-side... Pretty much,
3: yeah. You could have done um, almost. I, mean, I would I'd, rather see the Saxons go rather than full England squad, personally. Mm. Given that it's only a two-test tour, I'm
0: not, I don't mind it too much. If it was a full with midweek games as well, like a
3: five-six game tour, then I'd have an issue with it. I tell you, yeah. I'd quite like to do. If I was Eddie Jones, I'd say, look, all you senior guys who would be who would be going, you can go. It is open to you, and I appreciate the help bringing through the young lads into the England culture. If you want to come you can. If not go on holiday, no hard feelings because it has been a hard season. We don't need you. Yeah, to if work. I was
1: if I was an England player, I'd assume Eddie Jones was was doing Mess- it as a test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who said anyone who said okay mate, I'm I'm going to book up my holiday, we'll never, never see play it again. again. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, the trap has been sprung. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Uh,
0: I can't imagine anyone taking that up unless there was I'm just thinking
3: Who's really been through the mill? Like, I mean, not Dylan Hartley, but uh, let's just go through um, Luke cowan Dickey, Tom Curry, Charlie U, uh, Ellis Kenge because a lot of these boys have had injuries. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Launchbury, no, that's one. Yeah, maybe,
0: maybe
1: Launchbury. Launch, Tom yeah, Launchbury,
0: you, you, If
1: I was if I was Eddie Jones, I'd go, mate. We'll send a, we'll send a trainer with you. Go on, go on holiday to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. go on.
3: Uh, Mike Brown, Danny Kerr, those are two lads. George Ford doesn't really need to play. Well,
0: given that they'll be in the Argentina, uh, the Argentina. Given that they'll be in Argentina, Joe Launchbury could just have, because the the two England tests will be finished way before the Lions tests. Mm. So he could then just hop over to Fiji or somewhere like that. Exactly. Station
1: himself in the Pacific, just a short flight from New Zealand. Didn't England's squad get announced on the same day as the Lions? It did. It, yeah, it did. It was I, I'm, I'm, after, wasn't. it? Oh, it might have been that. Oh, I don't know. I was just imagining for a second, Joe Lodgeby opening up a letter. And you know when you read the first line? Oh, no. Congratulations oh. on your selection for the England squad. No! No, it would be like him
3: with the Wales man of the match. <laughs> 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 All over again in the World Cup. No, do you know what would be more cruel? Is if the England letter came through. That that would be the worst one. Because then yeah. you know you've not, you're not been picked the day after. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. it Should be. It should be some relatively interesting games. I guess. What What do you two know about Piers Francis?
1: Nothing. No, he plays for. Um, he plays for the Blues, right? He Play, does. Which, plays fly half and twelve, you, and he's twenty six and twenty six. could be all right. He played at Edinburgh for a few
0: years. I've heard about.
3: Yeah, I knew he played at Edinburgh.
0: But that's
3: um, it. And then, so
0: twenty six. Yeah. Why, why Why are they wasting their time? But he's kind of second-choice fly-half for the Blues. So mm-hmm. I'm not... I know he's going to Northampton next year. I'm not that, that sure. He does feel a bit strange. When you've got guys like like Maunder, like Marchant, like Nathan Earl and Fijian Joe and the Currys and Underhill uh, and Nick Isikwa, who's 19 and only just played his first
1: Saracens
3: Premiership game. Yeah. Are, are big things expected of, of this kid? Yeah. Just because he's the next Saracens lock? that, that, that No, they're, they're massively excited. Well, I mean, let, let's,
1: let's put it, he's he's a Saracens lock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll just, just leave it there. Yeah, okay. He's a lock for Saracens. Uh, a, a young English academy product um, who's come come through as a lock. The last two uh, England players that have done that have... Uh, They've done all right, haven't they? They've done all right. Yeah, yeah not bad. They? And, they're, and they're really young. Yeah. So... No, big things expected. I tell you,
3: I am looking forward to watching Sam James play for England. That will be great.
1: I'm looking forward to his little uh, grubber kick through and chase. Yeah, uh, well, over yeah. and over and over again. Sam Underhill's the other one that uh, Eddie Jones is sort of uh, urinating around. Back off Wales. He's got he got him finally, so he'll he'll be touring as well.
0: Yeah, Underhill, has always, said England would be the first yeah, choice. He did.
1: he did.
3: Yeah, I think um, he's messed up there, but never mind.
1: I so I do. Where I think England are
0: looking strongest is the centre options that they've got. So you have got Malinder Slade, Marchant, Sam James. Mm. Those four with the right kind of experience, right game time over the next few years could develop to be some seriously talented centers. Yeah, and, that- and you've got a nice combination of um kind of strength, speed, ball handling and kicking ability in there. So oh, it's a real nice package that. I wonder if Addison would have made it.
3: Uh, actually, and there's no Haley either is there? No Haley I-
0: no, Alex Good, No, Jason Woodward, who was one who was possibly talked about.
1: There, uh, there is. Can you believe? Right, I've been having a. Uh, uh, we've been having a good discussion about the England squad, and I haven't mentioned Denny Solomon yet.
3: So, well done you. Well done you. Yeah, I'm uh, going
1: to mention him now. Um, I am I'm, I'm really upset about that one. I want I want I want world rugby in May. Apparently they're changing the laws. It's too late for Denny Solomona now. I already said earlier in the podcast if I were Denny Solomona, I would have done exactly the same thing. If I had a young family, and I had the opportunity to earn twenty two thousand pounds a game, I would do Absolutely. it. So I'm not blaming Denny Solomona or anyone else for that matter, CJ Stander. Uh, but I do think the the laws which govern the game are, should not allow it. And. World Rugby needs to step in. There you go. Said it. I'm not going to get in, not going to get into a big. heat. Well, thing.
3: I'm going to say this. Um, of all the Sale lads, I think the guy who's gonna who might make it because they've had this kind of quasi England contingent, haven't they, with Mike Haley and? Um... Oh no, I, th- I thought there was a I thought there was a conspiracy against Sale a few weeks back. Well, <laughs> certainly a conspiracy against Exeter. I mean, there's no two ways about that. Um, I think it might be Sam James who is the who is the pick of the bunch. I think once they have a good look at him. Um, he offers something completely different to what England already have, so quite excited about that. Oh, I, th- I think Solomon is the, the the most exciting one out
1: of those. I'm I'm not sure Sam James is going to make it to. No, I don't, be, think, be he's, an I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be a regular. But I'm not saying he won't get an England cap. I just don't think he'll be a... But I don't, he, I don't see him as a superstar of the future. But he's
3: one of those very rare players that always gets gets his hands free, and that's important. Hmm. Yeah. Um, shall we talk about the semis uh, the European plate or bowl or whatever it is? Uh, the, whatever they call it, yeah. yeah. I, let me
1: just say my experience of La Rochelle. I oh yes, please. I Go just thought it. that was a, um, I thought it was a, the only time I've ever heard of La Rochelle is in the Trickle or textbooks at school. yep, uh, when you're learning French, um, it is a beautiful little town for a start. Uh, not rugby heartland, but those fans are absolutely nuts. And <laughs> I've I've been to a Toulon game, and that was great. The atmosphere was better. The La Rochelle fans were were better, louder, really? madder than. Than Toulon's fans were. I still under, from what I understand, I've not I've not been lucky enough to go to the um, Michelin Stadium or uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stade Marcel that, Michelin. Stad Marshall, Michelin. But that's meant to be the craziest. But French fans in general, England, fa- England, well, D- Eng- British and Irish. Well, actually, I don't know about Irish. Irish. Munster Munster fans were. The N- no, pretty in fact, they're it. pretty nuts as well. Okay, so uh, British rugby union fans. Uh, and excluding Ulster as well. So English, Welsh, Scottish (laughs) rugby union club fans could learn a thing or two by going to a French game because it makes for such an amazing spectacle. I loved it.
3: I I like it, but this comes down to things like booing the kicker, right? So we all get all on our high horse, oh, you should boo boo the kicker. Uh, Different fans have different ways of doing things. So like you know, you said the bath, 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 exactly, bath. Now they should not start. They should not start uh, unfolding banners and throwing smoke grenades. It just wouldn't be very bath. So uh, you know, I I think it's not necessarily about how passionate you are. It's how true to that reputation that you are. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it yeah, does. So, yeah. So Exeter fans are completely different. I mean, Exeter fans probably the closest things you're going to get to French fans.
1: Do you know what part of that is? And actually, Bath's actually quite a good place to to go. It would help. Um, but part of that is, now I think about it, because you're right, Exeter is good, and that is because the size of this, the ground is the right size for the number of fans, mm. and that makes an in- unbelievable difference. So Toman Park is rammed full, yep. and the French stadiums, well, they, so, so the, the La Rochelle's ground, they're top of the top 14, they got beaten by Gloucester, we'll get onto that, but that that ground is 15,000 people, and it was rammed and so loud. So that makes a big difference when you've got football stadiums half full, exactly, yeah. or appropriately but sized, like like or like the AJ Bell Stadium, which is actually an appropriate size for most clubs, but half full, exactly,
3: or someone like Leicester. I mean, like they are very traditional at Leicester. Mm. They only like three o'clock kickoffs. They try they try and hush traffic when they are <laughs> kicking sticks. You know, they're not which gonna is be, great. Yeah, they're not gonna be yeah. as crazy as the French, but they're very Leicester, and I think that's kind of what you're aiming for. It's the it. Id- uh, Id- idiosyncrasies of each crowd. That, that's what I like. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, uh, what where a, we, where what we going a, with this? What oh, result yeah. for Gloucester, though? Oh, I know I mentioned them last week. I'm going to mention them again. Uh, I thought Mark Axon was very, very good. Sausage legs? Sausage legs 10. Brilliant. I thought Trinder again was very good. Yeah. they was just a different team with that backline. Trinder, if he'd been fit throughout
0: his entire career, England, and, England regular? Uh, he definitely would have been capped. Yeah. Definitely he's such a good player when he's fit.
3: Oh, uh, they are just a completely different side. Um now you said last week Gloucester are a bad team and they're only coming good because they're a bad uh, cause I'm paraphrasing you. So I, they, they not, played very well yes. in games that don't matter. Does this does yeah. this count? Yeah, uh, well, uh,
1: uh, without any question. The first team all season to beat La Rochelle at home. Yeah. La Rochelle have only lost
0: 5 times in 24 games in the top 14. Yeah. Is that right?
1: Yes, yeah, tremendous. And that's and bearing in mind how good people's uh, home form is in France, they've, that means they've gone to a load of teams' yeah. backyards and won, which doesn't happen in France very much. No, no. <laughs> Hence, they're nine or ten points clear in, yeah. in in the top fourteen with two rounds to go. Nine points clear. Um, are,
3: are, are Leon still in the top six? Of course, nothing's changed from last week. Uh, Leon are seventh.
0: Well, because c- there was a game, there was the racing Montpellier, Montpellier Who game.
1: Won? Uh, racing, mm. I thought
0: it was, but I can't... No, I think Mont... Uh,
1: if I knew if Montpellier won, they would go into second. Anyway, um, so La Rochelle have been outstanding. Well, Gloucester, what they have been doing the last few weeks, and it hasn't really been working. Now, sorry, I've, there's a stat I've used before that I was going to say this is the the, the difference with Gloucester. Uh, Ten times they've been in games this season where it's within finished within seven points. Yeah. With a margin of seven points one way or the other. This was the first time they've come out as victors. Wow. They've never they've been in tight Fair. games so many times and lost and not won any of them.
3: Yeah. Well, you no, know, this Gloucester team and it goes not just the backs but the pack too. There's just like, a willingness to play rugby. You know, they're not afraid of using the hands. They're not afraid for, for, um, um, afraid of going wide. I'm not sure if that's completely changed from the style of play that they had earlier on. They just seem to have the personnel to pull it off. It, it has
1: changed, and, and David Humphreys acknowledged that. I think it was part part of the reason Laurie Fisher might have parted company because it wasn't mm. working but since he's gone and also since the pitches have got drier and the weather's got better they've sped the game up and that's what beat LaRochelle. Yeah they do look quick. I, they played everything fast so every opportunity to do a quick line out they went. Willie Hines was more tired than any other Gloucester player because he was sprinting to the breakdown get, got it away quick just away. Why doesn't he get more respect? Because
3: every time I've seen him play I've been impressed
1: with him. Well he was captain and starting yesterday and Greg Laidlaw's off so yeah.
3: Yeah. Anyway, I guess he'll be starting next year. He'll he'll be their starter.
1: Yeah, Billy Burns had a big game as well, and one of the reasons they haven't missed Greg Laidlaw is because Billy Burns is kicking's outstanding.
0: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent in this game, scored all of the points as well. I do kind of feel that as much as Gloucester were in it, if it wasn't for that intercept, um, it would have been the tenth
3: game when they'd lost from yeah seven points or uh, or fewer. Tell me this, just from a Gloucester point of view. Do they move Billy Twelve Trees on though? He's a bit pot player, and I'm guessing when they signed him, England International, club captain, must be on quite a lot of money. No, but
1: not not even not even England International winning lion, Billy Twelve Trees. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was called up, wasn't he? <laughs> talk <laughs> about
3: talk about peak performance when to move. Peak, peak 12, 20, Twelve Trees. Oh, yeah. Sickening.
0: Uh that is the right time to sign a new a new deal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just a successful off, Lions tour. Straight oh. off the Lions tour. And, but yeah, your point about Mark Atkinson, very true. He does everything that 12 Trees does a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, and he's
3: probably on considerably less. Exactly. So I, I would think about moving him on. The only thing I, I haven't really seen from Atkinson so far, I've not seen him in a game under a tremendous amount of uh, of defensive pressure. Okay. So, but, you know,
0: In it, terms of when he's attacking and the defence... No, no, him. the opposite, when he's defending. Well, his defence in this game, some of the hits he
3: put in were brilliant. Mm. I thought he looked really solid. Yeah, good player. Also, his, uh, his interview is available on, on the rugby dungeon. <laughs> so go and look, go look for that. Uh, we'll... There you go. Boom! Yes. Nice. There what, we go. One of rugby's good guys. Did either
1: Quick of you see... mention RGC, let's get the full house in. Bingo! <laughs> I win, house!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did either of you see the other... Challenge Cup semi-final Oh
3: wow I'm glad we've I'm glad... No
1: I, I didn't All So all, all I know from this From what I've seen On social media Is George Ford Had an absolute shocker Do you know what though Which Brock I... James Brock James For La Rochelle Had an absolute shocker
0: I think absolute shocker Is probably a little bit harsh No I agree hey, I, I, not, not my words yeah. don't, don't shoot the messenger Phil Yeah I, Well I'm defending George Ford here I don't think he had Absolute shocker I don't think he had His best game um, He did a few things Very well He did miss a few tackles. Some of his kicking was off. And he did miss the. uh, I think George Coward needs to
3: really just get his head down when it's Leicester and work hard. Because his last few weeks' performances do not warrant the pay packet that he's about about to walk into. They do not warrant his stature as the England 10. Uh, I actually think he's been so disappointing last uh, last quarter of the season. And I'll just add to that Um, you don't think he's had a shocker? Those two kicks were horrific. I mean the missed conversion and then the penalty at the end to um, to tie the game. I mean, I think that's really poor, actually.
0: Yeah, those were bad. But he also created a couple of tries by his his good handling and timing mm. of the pass. Do you not think they had to go through an awful lot of phases in order to do that? I mean, uh, they weren't they weren't clinical. Yeah. yeah, and that so that is that's probably where I'd say the the biggest weakness of his performance is um, the kicks. He should have got one of those two kicks. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing, the biggest issue is, he has got a hell of an exciting backline. Yeah, one of the most exciting backlines in the league. Yeah, in Europe, and he's not getting the the most. And certainly, the last few games that I've seen Wasps play, they sorry, Bath Wasps play, Bath play. Um, they've not made anywhere near as much as that backline, and he's also, besides the Scotland game, not got the, not got. Um, as much as he should have done out of the England back
3: line. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know where that is. I mean, I'm going to give benefit of the doubt. I think Bath are slowly changing what they do, and you know, it isn't it isn't easy. But he was facing a tiring Stade Francais team. You yep. expect them to do better than they did. He misses the kicks. I mean, I, I hope at Leicester it's a little bit more of a settled environment for him. But very. <sighs> uh, yeah.
0: You say settled environment, the two guys who are going to be playing outside him. Tamura and uh, Tuolagi. Not even fit yet.
3: That, are they even going to they
0: will both be there next year though, won't they? I think they will both be there, won't they?
3: Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm not too sure. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um now a couple of really interesting things on this. Uh P- Pillason. Uh Pillason, Plisson, um, Plisson. Whatever it is. J- best
1: known for Getting smashed. getting smashed in a whiplash whip injury that he claimed, where there's a claim, where there's a claim is a blame, where
3: there's a claim against Courtney Laws. Do you know what? There is, uh, you know, he's basically, I'm trying to think of a good equivalent, he's the French equivalent of um, Alex Cuthbert, in, in that everything seems to go wrong for him. <laughs> and you can see why, can't you? I mean, all they needed to do is take the penalty, right? Take your maximum allotted time, game is over. He st- so instead of doing that he stood in the pocket and hit a drop goal. He's very lucky not to go down as the first fly half in history to knock over a drop goal to lose a game. <laughs> I it was such a stupid decision.
1: I, I mean better players have done worse things like uh, Claremont when they not when they went for the Oh, last season they didn't take the penalty and they went for a quick try when Exeter got through the pool yeah. stages. Yeah, When a, a penalty, what they were the, penalty, what was the fella's name? Uh, Mich- no, um... it was Parra. Wasn't Parra it? Morgan, it was Parra, Morgan it. Parra. Yeah,
0: yeah. They had a they had the option of a penalty ten yards out from the sticks, directly in the middle. When all they needed was a penalty to win.
3: Yeah, it was uh, a
1: penalty for a loo-
3: losing uh, bonus point, which would really have got to, them through to go through. To go yeah, through sorry, yeah. but then they're matched by equal incompetence because Bath march up the other end. A two on one, and I think the blast's is too early. Yeah, Watson and Rocca D'Aguni. Yeah, if
0: Watson either dummies and goes, he's or just draws the man, yeah. the, the, the fullback had drifted on to Rocca D'Aguni.
3: I think Watson should concentrate purely on playing wing. I don't think he's good enough for for fullback. I, it's
0: been my opinion for a, a while now. He yeah.
3: falls into the category of being too talented to be any good. And I don't think he's just not not got the you know he's. he's an, He'll never develop the skills of Alex Good. Let's put it that way. The way yeah. you've um,
1: the way you've described that police on thing, like oh, but the way that it's described on the BBC website is Bath lose to late police on drop goal picture of police on with arms in the air. They've made it look like he's just from that snapshot. Well, they made it look like he's the hero. Well, it it he was, kind of is. yeah, but he, he was, he, he is, is. He is it yeah, it was,
0: it was. If it had gone, if it had gone wrong, and if George Ford had slotted that penalty yeah. or Watson and Rocker Duguni, well, score. Watson Zona. hadn't messed up that, yeah. Did some of the tries in this game, though, because this was this was the most open game, even considering the the Claremont Leinster game, which was very open. This was the most open game. The first two Stad say tries were incredible. Uh, their last try, the um, Hugh Pile, oh, sprinting in from the lock, sprinting in from fifty meters after seventy-seven minutes playing in the heat, and the Rocca D'Aguni finish.
3: Yeah, I was, was pure
0: Rocca D'Aguni, stationary with. Five yards between an international fullback and the touchline, and he just shimmies, fend, and
3: casually saunters around him. Tell you what, I could put together one hell of an England team with the players not going on the Lions and not going on the England tour. Well, I I did it. <laughs> my, oh, have
0: you? My 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 team is there. There's there's 39 players listed there. Let's have a look at that. Who are not selected for either? Cat not going. No. Nope.
3: What?
1: So this is t- this is not international. Not I mean Wales haven't. This is oh. just England. This is just England. Oh my word! This
3: is an outrageous team. Yeah, Cat Taylor, Brooks Atwood, Armand, Ewers, O'Connor, uh, Beaumont. Bloody hell! Look got, at look at the depth in it. So sorry, I've not just. I've got for... you got Armond and Beaumont in the in the wrong position, but I'm not going to pull you up on it. Um, <laughs> Spencer Cipriani, Devoto, Trinder, Yard, Good. <laughs> That's L- devastating. But Yard Rocco. Wade, Short and Woodburn. I'd probably get rid of Yord and get Rocco in. Oh, well, well, where, where no, is he's it?
0: there. That, that, that is a 39-man squad rather than a, a 15. Oh, with
3: you. Yeah, terrifying. Goodness me, that England have got some strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, hmm, I think that's about it. That's Isn't a pod. It, yeah, oh, that was a really well. nice um, we, f- brew that we had there, JB. Oh yeah, yeah. I for, I, for, I forgot about this. Uh, we were drinking coffee today from Cellshock's very own Dave Dave Seymour. Oh, is that where it came
1: from? Yeah, yeah. Oh
3: sorry, I just I was
1: just I was just rap- I was just finished having <laughs> the last sip of my coffee and just thought it was really nice.
3: Yeah, uh, it owns a company called. Uh, now I thought it was Crouch. How am Crouch grind coffee, actually it's couch ground grind coffee. Yeah, I thought it was. Crouch Crou- grind
0: cr- coffee. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought it was. So it's couch grind. Uh, well, I'm not
3: great at reading, but yes, couch grind, <laughs> yes, uh-huh. couch grind,
1: uh, yeah, couch grind. Com- n- naming companies and stuff is hard- weird and hard.
3: Well, I guess
0: you've now you've got the problem of. Is the Twitter handle taken? Can I get the yeah uh, you are, the, the website, website you
3: are? Yeah, on. yeah. You know, when I up rugby dungeon, I thought no one's going to have a rugby dungeon, right? Wrong. There is actually already a rugby dungeon out there, which is why mine is the rugby dungeon. Ah, yeah, and now I'm stuck with this bloody name, the rugby dungeon, which is rubbish when I want to, you know, branch out into other things. And we are just because I, you know.
1: And we are... Um, but, but I suppose I'm just wrapping up. We are Rugby Podcast. Uh, on Instagram, we are Egg Chasers Podcast. What, what, what's happening on Instagram? We catch
3: up once Ooh. a week on the podcast about Instagram stuff.
1: Oh, um, what's happening? Alex Lozowski's uh, girlfriend. Uh, Liam Williams' girlfriend. <laughs> um. <laughs> How
3: are they going to be stopping in the street? Like, why is your Instagram... Um-? Account only following players' wives. I don't know. I don't even have the password. <laughs> you had a nice little video yesterday of the Haribo, at
0: the the BT oh. Sport Haribo.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So the first the, yesterday was the first time that I watched a game from behind the commentators. Okay, because there wasn't any there wasn't any uh, seats allocated. The the French are so French. Are they? <laughs> uh, so the the, the camera guys. So the way we did it is uh, me and Ugo uh, did a, a pre match bit. Um, sort of setting the scene before the game and we had only a five minute window where we were using the French host broadcaster's TV ah, okay. to use it so we had a five minute window to record a two minute piece so pretty much it was like you got one go at this got to get it you got to do it let's do it, live. do it live do it live do it li- we'll do it live we'll do it live You got fired um, yeah um, big Bill big Bill O'Reilly anyway so we, we were stood there doing it we had our five minute window and they went you've got one minute until your five minute starts we go okay and then uh, about 10 seconds before we were due to do it, the, the guy from the French rugby just goes, uh, the uh, sound not working. Okay. Like right, okay. Your f- and then he went, your five minutes has started. <laughs> 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 it was that problem with the sound. He was just like, oh, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully someone will fix it. Anyway, we got it done eventually. But they're like that about everything, like meh, meh, <laughs> meh. The sound engineer was probably just having a cigarette and a croissant yeah, on exactly. the back. So I didn't have a... Um... How do
3: they get anything done? No,
1: I know. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. So I didn't have a seat, so I stood behind the commentary guys. But they have. this is a little bit of a secret from behind the scenes. Every, I assume it's every game. There was these two huge bags full of bottles of water, bags of Haribo, uh, fruit. It's like, you know how players have... On the in the change rooms, I have Jaffa cakes and jelly, jelly babies, babies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, B, the the BT Sport commentary team have a bag of uh, goodies like that.
0: You need to be energised. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd be going for the Harry Boy if I wanted
3: the uh, slow release energy. But... Mm, true. Uh, mm. What do they? What do the commentators drink? Because obviously they're you know, always. They are always chatting. But I always like to think they've got like a flask of tea with them or something. Oh, the French commentators will be on red wine. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Undoubtedly. yeah. yeah. What, what What? does Nick take? Uh, Nick. I, mean, I can't, can't imagine he's got any time to stop no, to grill.
1: I don't think they do. A swig of water or maybe a coffee, I guess. That's Bovril when it. it's called. Bovril. Oh yeah, Bovril. Mullins is a Bovril man. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure.
0: Um, just quickly before we go. <laughs> yes. There are some premiership fixtures next week. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. It oh, doesn't, God. oh, and we've got and and, oh,
1: God, got and the sponsors of obligations. <laughs> right because um, I knew that Phil because I was just <laughs> waiting to do our Leo Vegas better the week.
3: Whoa! Well, wait there.
1: Our Leo Vegas better the week, which could get you. Yeah, so rattle through the fixtures overall, Phil, and then we'll we'll pick our game of the week to focus on. Friday
0: night. Friday night lights. Uh quarter to eight, Harlequins host Wasps. And tasty. Eight o'clock Newcastle host Worcester. Um
1: Would've would have been tastier if Bristol weren't quite as bad as they are. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah, a bit I'll of go, dead r- dead rubber now. So Newcastle, win. Newcastle win and I'm gonna go Worcester win, that one. I'm gonna go Quinn's at home.
3: Yeah, that uh, that's a tough one actually. Quinn's got battered at home uh last week by or week before yeah, last week by Exeter, didn't they? So and they've got nothing to play for really. Well,
1: they had a good sixty wasps, minutes at home, but so
3: anyway. Quinn's can make top six.
0: Yeah. Wasps, if they win uh cement by spot. five points certainly, they cement top spot. Top, so yeah. Wasp give me wasps. Mm-hmm. Um then we've got on Saturday, three o'clock, we've got Exeter Northampton,
1: which would be quite a good game. Um, Exeter
0: Northampton, theoretically, do Exeter
1: cement top two if they win that one? Uh, it's still not done till the final day. No, it's still not done till the final day because um, Saracens are only two
0: points behind them. Reason
1: I'm thinking is Wasps know they've got Saracens' final game of the season. That maybe that um, this is when pressure actually is on for Wasps. They'll be really wanting that home semi-final. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, I've got a sneaky feeling they might finish third or fourth. Wasps uh, sail away somewhere, but I'll probably be egg on my face with that.
0: Wasps finish third or fourth.
1: Uh, yeah, to drop out the top two, lose, well, lose both their last games.
0: Oh, to lose both, uh, they'd have to lose both, um, and Saracens win both by f- five point margins. And Saracens yeah. have also got these two games sandwiched between the semi final and the final. I've got to say though, uh,
3: I don't think, um, I think the shine has come off Wasps a bit. I, I can see this Harlequins game... Their attacking play is
1: incredible, but they're just... Dif- dif- they let in four tries a game on average.
0: I, I do think this... Um, the leinster uh, Claremont game today did show a bit of a, the gulf between... It kind of highlight almost highlight the gulf between Saracens and the rest of the Premiership because Leinster comfortably took apart Wasps. Yeah. It, it wasn't even close. Um, so, yeah... I think that they are struggling a little bit but I still expect Was to beat Quinns. Uh we've also got Leicester hosting Sale um, Leicester Leicester if they win will pretty much secure fourth place give yeah. me Sale <laughs> give me Leicester at home Sale don't really have anything to play for well um, they definitely don't have anything to play for Well, uh, not finishing second bottom they have to play for I guess then Saracens host Bristol, which even if Saracens rest, you'd expect that to be a five-pointer. Yeah. Uh, and the final game, West Country derby, Bath host Gloucester, which is going to be our game of the week, right?
1: You reckon? No, there's, no, there's nothing on that. Uh, well, no,
3: Bath. We need to get fourth. And there's no, the Bath
1: aren't getting fourth. The Gloucester revival. It's unlike if if Leicester win at home to Sale, Leicester pretty much secured. So let's let's go let's go. I think Quinn's wasps is the tastiest one there
3: yeah it, I do it probably Quinns
1: can get sixth which is a Champions Cup place yep they're one point off sixth and the moment. Wasps know they've got Saracens coming to town final game of the season and could steal a home semi-final from them if they don't beat Quins.: yeah okay yeah. fine
0: and Quins have beaten Saracens at home they, yeah. they can put in a
3: hell of a performance when they've got everyone fit mm. and firing so both these teams have got massive frailties that would be the first thing that I say but uh, both similar though Yeah, yeah, both very flaky. Mm. Yeah, Um, hmm. mind you, I say flaky. I mean, wasps are top of the table. How flaky can you be? Uh, But when they, you know, they they have come and stuck noticeably at the AJ Bell to sail quite spectacular. I am going to
1: throw one more little uh, thing into the mix. So the pressure will be coming on to wasps. They showed in the knockout stages of Europe. They sort of crumbled a little bit. I think they'll feel like there's a bit of pressure. They're going away from home and they'll be thinking, we've really got to win this to take the pressure off ourselves against Saracens. And another thing to throw into the cocktail, Nick Evans's last game for Quinns.
3: Yes. Well, last home game. Last home game. Last, 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 last game two, at the Stoop. Yeah, last so, two games. Last game at the Stoop. So after a season of watching Wasps, I have come to the conclusion that their weakness is Danny Cipriani in the sense that they rely on him. Uh, same as Sale last year... They rely on him too much to conjure stuff up in order for them to win. In Wasps? Uh, yes. Do you not think Gopith is way more important than Sippers? No. Um, Gopith is an incredible player, kicks all their points, but has only played 10 a handful of times. And that's after the Cipriani implosion in Dublin. Okay. So prior to that, everything was really coming off, Dan- off Danny Cipriani. Then they met, you know, Gopith has been amazing, but he's, he isn't the primary playmaker. Now do they go back to Cipriani this week after sitting him on the bench last, uh, last week? I don't know. If they do, the weakness for wasps is can you stop Danny Cipriani playing because they're not a highly structured team. They don't strike me as a very, you know, uh, very well drilled team over multiple phases. Instead, they rely on this pure flair and if you can stop that, you've got every chance of beating them. It's very hard to stop, but you can beat them.
1: My Leo Vegas Bet's prediction is
3: Quinns by six. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Quinns by six too. I think that's good.
0: I think Quinns do have the chance to get sixth place, but Wasps is so much more important for um, to win. And with Wade, LaRue, Kurtley <sighs> Beale, Elliot Daly, oh. Nathan Hughes will be back. Sippers and Gopeth. Sippers, Gopeth. Oh my goodness! Robson, Joe Simpson, Hask, Launcebury, Hask, yeah. Oh, there's Ashley Johnson, Tommy Taylor. There is just too much quality and firepower. Do you know
1: what? I've got an answer. John Kingston. If, in fact, I'll save this one. So you're going Wasps by comfortably. Wasps, Wasps by eight points. That is our Leo Vegas bet of the week. Oh. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. I think well, I'll, I'll play out with a bit of music. Um, good work, Phil. Good work, JB. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, we'll see you, Tim. you next time. So hit subscribe, and um, and then we'll have the next episode delivered straight to you. Thank you very much for listening. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can watch the video of JB's mermaid pose. Uh, leave your <laughs> reviews on iTunes. I'll tell you tell yeah. you what, John Kingston. If you get the boys together in a huddle in the changing room and do this, you will beat wasps. <laughs>